This is a Glass Box Media Podcast. The episodes in this feed were originally published on Crawlspace. Please use caution while listening and follow Crawlspace Podcast for more. Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. Lance, how are you today? I'm doing great today, Tim. Fantastic. The guest that we have on is a first timer to the show, and we're playing a bit of a game today with our guest because that's what he specializes in, and he brought this to the table. It's a good time. It's a good listen, fun conversation. It sure is. And our guest today is Nick Amell of the Tennis Podcast, which is a lot of fun. And he goes over top 10 lists on his podcast, The Tennis Podcast. Not all of it is true crime related, but some of it is. And we're going to appear on The Tennis Podcast pretty soon, Lance. Um, but today, he's a guest on Crawl Space, and he brought a list, a top 10 list of serial killers. And so we try to guess the order and the names on that list. And the really cool thing about this conversation is that it's not just a conversation where we talk about the body counts of these horrific individuals. We're actually introduced to some new ones that we didn't know about. And that in itself is a bit of education. And I just love how certain guests can come on the show and package knowledge in something more fun like a game where you're ranking the top 10 most prolific serial killers in North America. But each one of those has a story to it. And that I think is, you know, important for the listeners to hear and say, I want to find out more about this. And why did this person do what they did? So on the surface, really fun conversation, dig a little deeper and you can get some knowledge out of it. Absolutely. And uh, Nick Amell is very funny and his podcast is great. So we definitely urge you to check out the Tennis Podcast. You can do that at TennisPod.com. Now, some people have a list of top 10 favorite ads that Tim and I have done. But if you don't want to listen to any of them in any of our episodes, where can you go to get that, Tim? Well, listeners can subscribe to Crawl Space Premium now on Apple Podcasts. You get ad-free episodes, early releases, and our weekly bonus show, which everybody loves. And if you're not an Apple user, you can go to crawlspace.supportingcast.fm and sign up for the same product there. And I think our social media falls around number seven or eight all-time overall ever in social media history. And if there's a couple people out there that don't know where to find that, where could they go? Listeners can find us at Crawl Space Podcast or Crawl Space Pod. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. We're going to break quick for commercial here, and we'll be right back with Nick Amell of the Tennis Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Nick Amell. How are you today? I'm all right. Oh, usually some. Usually the guests come on. They're like, "I'm doing fantastic. How are you?" Wasn't ready for that. Tim, you... Tim's like crestfallen look on his face yeah. when I was just. 
<laughs> I mean, I like to tell people, I don't think I've ever been great ever. I think I've been pretty good. I think I've been pretty bad. I'm usually like right there in the middle, but I don't know if I've ever been great. But how are you guys? You doing great? Well, not anymore. Fantastic. <laughs> no, I'm all right. Yeah. I'm doing great. It's a warm Friday over here, you know, like hottest day of the year so far. Uh, I would guess that's the same for me. Yeah. I don't know that for a fact, Shit. but I would guess. Yeah. I'm in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and we are in the high 70s today, so I'll take it. We're, we're mid 80s, I, I think. Perfect weather to have you on. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> All right. So you are the host of the Tennis Podcast, also on the Glassbox Network. Yep. And uh, yeah, can you tell us a little bit about your podcast? Sure. So uh, first of all, Tim and Lance, thanks so much for having me on. I've uh, been a listener for a long time, and we have some uh, mutual friends on the Glassbox Network, like the uh, folks at LA Not So Confidential, Dr. Shiloh from that show has been on my show several times as well. But yeah, so I'm the host of Tennis Podcast. And no, that's not a tennis podcast or Sean Connery saying the word tennis podcast, as I've been asked about. Uh, that is a podcast about top 10-ish lists. And that's sometimes we have 11 things on the list. Sometimes we have nine. Most of the time, it's 10. So we are the uh, dreaded edutainment genre where we uh, you learn a lot in our episodes, but very lighthearted, try to be funny. And we have top 10 lists in every category, history lists, uh, food, TV, and of course, plenty of true crime. True crime was my first podcasting passion. Um, I actually tried a true crime podcast that never saw the light of day because it sucked so much. I did <laughs> fall in luck with this idea of 10-ish podcasts. And so we've done top 10 deadliest cults, the top 10 most prolific serial killers, the most Googled conspiracy theories, the most watched court trials on TV, and a whole lot more. And as you might be able to tell from that list there, most of our lists, not all, but most are data-based. So it's not like what are Nick's favorite cults. It's which cults have led to the highest body count, the deadliest cults. So I try to do that as often as I can. And that's, spoiler alert, what I've brought today as well. Do you come from a background that requires you to analyze data? I do, yeah. I, I come from marketing, actually, live and breathe data. And it's funny, my, my original co-host, uh, Brandon, he and I used to work together. This is years ago, and we travel a lot for work, lots of flight delays, things like that. And when we would, and we're both in marketing, when we'd be sitting waiting for those flights, I'd pull up a list on Wikipedia and say, hey, Brandon, what do you think is the highest grossing film of all time? And he and we would just do this for fun. And eventually that became the podcast. So like I said, true crime was kind of where I wanted to go. And so I have dozens of true crime lists on the show, but we also touch on a bunch of other shit too. So is it, is it a relatively easy balance for you to work your marketing job and do the podcast? Mm, yes and no. <laughs> <laughs> um, podcast, you guys know as well as anyone, podcast, podcasting takes way more time than probably anyone realizes, especially in the beginning when you're trying to grow the show. Um, so it takes a lot of time and it, it kind of started as this fun little hobby. And now it's become like when I'm not working or I'm not with my family, I'm doing the podcast. Like I spend so much time doing it and I love it uh, most of the time. But um, yeah, it's a tricky balance, but you make it work. You find the balance hard? Well, yeah. I mean, back before we were doing this full time, that's why we transitioned right, right. to full time because there needed yeah. to be a break in that balance. That's the dream. I'd love to do this full time. That's why I need all of your listeners to go and find Tennis Podcast on their favorite podcast player. That's one zero ish podcast and follow it. And I promise you will not be disappointed. You might be disappointed, but <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> No, I don't think so. I think the show is great. It's it's very interesting. It's always funny. 
casual and you learn something. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, you get to hear a familiar voice like Shiloh of LA mm-hmm. Not So Confidential. So that's very yeah. cool too. I've had some other true crime podcasters on too. Um, like Bernadette from Murderific comes to mind. Yes, we've had her on as well. I listen to like a hundred podcasts. Probably most of them are true crime related. And, you know, your show and your various shows, Missing and all them, you guys have helped shed light on crimes and you've helped bring education to so many people around the world. Uh, and then Tim comes to me on Instagram and said, hey, I love that butt <laughs> joke you made on your last episode. Do you want to come on, <laughs> come on Girl Space? <laughs> so I'm like, sure. Yes, I will. And I've brought some butt jokes too. <laughs> yes. You have no idea. You have no idea how many butt jokes happen on the, on the like behind the curtain here. Yeah. Uh, and all of our butts are behind the proverbial curtain. And I would say <laughs> if people enjoy a good butt joke or just enjoy talk beyond reasonable amount about butts, Tennis Podcast is a great place for you to land. You will be in good company. Good butt company. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of our butt humor is really just like, oh, there's like an ask. It's like, oh, can you send me that? It's like, uh, I'll send it to your butt or your butt can send me that <laughs> is the reply, which really just means yes. So it's it's just a lot of like affirmatives, really. Of course, yeah. And do you agree with me that even though we are adults who are not afraid to let whatever fucking foul language we'd like out of our mouths, <laughs> it's funnier if you say butt and not ass, right? It's much funnier. Yes. I mean, it's not even close. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. like it's funnier sure. sometimes instead of saying fuck, you say F. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. F this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's just it shows that there was some comical restraint yeah especially like in the same sentence you're using the fuck word in other con like in other places but you said and that one you're like yeah i'm with you guys butthead's coming back to a little bit in our lexicon (laughs) just like you know instead of calling someone a worse name butthead is just such a great name to call somebody i'm of the opinion that if you add butt to anything at least in language maybe not physical butts to anything Although sometimes, yes, but not all the time. But if you add but to any form of language, the language improves. The sentence improves. See, now, in our situation, you said the sentence improves. We would say your butt improves. Your butt improves. Yeah. So it's it's the affirmative. Exactly. All right. That's the show, people. (laughs) That's it. It's been great coming on the show today. Looking forward to seeing your butts again soon. And that's it. Oh, an applause. They love you. They're <laughs> cheering for your butt. Man, if only I could get all those fake applause to also fake listen to my podcast, maybe I could quit my job, my full-time job sooner than later. Well, this conversation has been on our calendar for a few days, and I literally I'll look at it and I'll get anxiety in my stomach because of this, because I'm just I'm so excited to hear what list you have. I can't even keep my voice straight because I'm so excited. You know, when Tim initiated this conversation with me about coming on the show, it started with, hey, love your butt jokes. So to me, it's like, okay, he probably wants me to bring something lighthearted to the show, right? But nah, I went the other way. I went like pretty much as dark as we can get. But I think your listeners will appreciate this list. You're gonna, you guys are going to be guessing the top 10 most prolific serial killers in North America. How do you feel? I feel good. I feel like this is right up our alley. It's right up your butt. I thought so. <laughs> now, this list is really interesting. Right, right up here. <laughs> this list is really interesting. So we're looking at North America. That's United States, Canada, Mexico. Hopefully no one needed me to say that, but just in case. 
And I wanted to do the whole continent and not just like the United States. One, I've done the United States on my show. I've also done the United Kingdom on my show. But I wanted to do North America because it gives us a chance to kind of talk about some serial killers that are less known. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I almost never hear someone bring up a Mexican serial killer, right? No. So the list is a good mix of really well-known serial killers, but also several that are lesser known. I thought it'd be a a good way to kind of spread out the, the serial killer love today. Or hate. Yeah, I'm excited. And so then how is it judged? It's based on mm-hmm. Google searches or? It's ranked by the proven murder count of each killer. Um, wow. So a lot of these killers have dozens or hundreds more of suspected murders, right? And if there's a tie, like if two serial killers have a m- proven murder count of 20, then the serial killer with the higher suspected unproven murder count, they went out and they're higher on the list. Um, but, uh, Wikipedia has a list on this and I, you know, checked the sources It all looked good. These are, you know, proven in a court of law, number of crimes, number of murders that these killers committed. Great. So not confessed. No, although I have some notes on that, but yeah, it's ranked based on proven murder count. And what's interesting too, you'll see, so there's definitely some guys we all know. Anyone that's into true crime has heard of several of these people. However, a lot of the heaviest hitters, like I'll give one example, who's not on the top 10, Jeffrey Dahmer, right? Jeffrey Dahmer might be the most famous serial killer, right? He's up there at least. He's not in the top 10 though. And that's true for a lot of them. A lot of the most famous killers are not actually in the top 10, which I found was interesting. And I think we'll talk today about like why that is. Why are some killers that actually kill less people more famous than those that sometimes kill way more than Dahmer? And for example, okay, so do we just kick off the guessing? All right. I mean, if you want, we can talk about butts more before the guessing, but I'll leave that to you. If you want to guess or talk butts first, it's tempting. Uh, We're already at like thirteen. It's definitely tempting. (laughs) All right, the Green River Killer. Yeah, that would be Gary Ridgway. Yes. Where do you think he falls? Doesn't he have like fifty victims? Fifty something confirmed victims. So yeah, I would put him. He's in the top three, I think. Yeah, he's number two. Wow. Gary Ridgway well is number two. We'll see if you can keep the streak up. Listeners of the Tennis Podcast know that when you give a guess, I'll share a few notes about that person. So Gary Ridgway, he's a United States killer. By the way, uh, nine of the 10 of these killers are American. Americans love serial killing, I've learned, <laughs> more than any other country. Gary Ridgway, he was active from 1982 to 2000. He had a long run there. He had some breaks in there. Um, he's actually suspected of up to 90 uh, murder victims, but he's only been proven for 49. Um, he's known as the Green River Killer. He almost exclusively targeted sex workers from Seattle. Uh, he was suspected of killing over 90. Like I said, he confessed to 71, though. He strangled his victims, usually by hand, but sometimes using ligatures. And after strangling them, he would dump their bodies in forested and overgrown areas in King County, often returning to the bodies to have sexual intercourse with them. I'd advise against that. Anyone listening? Because most of the bodies were not discovered until only the skeletons remained, there's still a few victims that are unidentified. Um, But as part of a plea bargain, when he agreed to disclose the locations of some of the missing women that he murdered, he was spared the death penalty, and he is currently serving a life sentence without possibility of parole. He's 74 today. I would have guessed that he would be older than 74. That surprises me that he's only 74. Hmm. Yeah, so if he started in 1982, that's what? Yeah, it's such a long run. 40 years ago. So he was in his 30s when he started, yeah. Yeah, started young. Wow, wow. And Gary Ridgway, he's also known for being kind of a fucking idiot. (laughs) 
Like, I, I believe right. he had a really low IQ. I mean, all these guys are idiots. Like, to be clear, sometimes <laughs> I feel like I have to say this, but like, and I think true crime podcast listeners can relate to this. It's like, if you tell someone that's not in a true crime that you're in a true crime, it's like, oh, you're into serial killers and stuff. We're not fans of the serial killers, people. <laughs> We're just fascinated by them. Gary Ridgway's an asshole. They're all assholes, but I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, you guys get it. Like, there's no Hannibal Lecter. There, yeah, there's yeah. no lovable brilliant serial killer that gets away with it you know with it based on his charm you know all of the ones that we've exactly. heard of and you you had said that america loves their serial killers well american serial killers get caught because they love the media that it brings them and you know it's they true. get sloppy so they get caught but i don't know yeah we don't love them we don't love them we love talking no. about them and dissecting their psychology yeah. i think i'm gonna go with um because i know he confessed to like 90 i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go with samuel little you guys are killing it so far. I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Samuel Little is number one. Oh, on no kidding. List. I thought he was going to be like number yeah. four. No, no. He, he's got uh, 60. In North America, of serial killers that, have, that we know of, because there's probably several we don't, this is the guy with the most proven victims, at least in the modern age. You know, who knows? Fucking 2,000 years ago. But They proved 60 on him? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. I don't even know 60 people. No, I'd love 60 listeners. <laughs> okay, I have a few more than 60, but I'd love 60 more. I know you guys have talked Samuel Little on the pod in the past, but would you agree with me that he's not totally unknown, but he's definitely not in the conversation with like Dahmer and Bundy and Gacy and all those guys, right? Like, no, he kind of floats under the radar. I don't know why. Well, he was kind of a, a recent, um, you know, I, I, no one had heard his name until about five years ago. But yeah, he flew under the radar for years, decades. He moved around yeah. so much. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, also because he targeted marginalized sex workers. There it is. And you could do whatever you wanted to people like that and, and leave them. And it would be years, months, years before anybody... Before they're found. And yeah. he, he moved around a lot. He didn't just stay in one place. It was a lot. This started in 1970. His, he was active between 1970 and 2005. So for a large chunk of that time, it was really easy to get away with murder if you just left the state. He, uh, the FBI has confirmed a total of 60 murders linked to him. The investigations and crimes are still ongoing. He was in and out of prison for his entire life. He was arrested in eight states, you know, before he was ultimately captured for crimes that include DUIs, fraud, shoplifting, solicitation, armed robbery, aggravated assault, rape. He was a career criminal. But he was arrested uh, finally for the last time in September 2012 at a homeless shelter in Louisville, Kentucky, extradited to California to face a narcotics charge, after which authorities used DNA testing to establish that he was involved in a bunch of murders. I think the ones they found first were Linda Alford, killed in 1987, Guadalupe Apataca, sorry, not good with pronunciation sometimes, killed in September 1987, and Audrey Everett killed in 1989. Uh, but he died in 2020. No cause of death indicated, though. He died in uh, Los Angeles County Hospital. What an evil, uh, evil guy. He wasn't a little evil. They should uh. rename him the Samuel <laughs> Lot. I don't Lot know. Of Lot's evil. evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. Not all my jokes land, guys. Samuel a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, that actually reminds me. Something um, I forgot to mention at the top is the uh, serial killers that were part, uh, that were... Um, like in the medical profession are not included on this mm. list. Oh, interesting. Because if they were, yeah, like De Donald Harvey, who was the, I think he's the angel of death. He killed a ton of people like in a nursing home. Not included. He, they weren't included. Yeah. Hitman, not included. 
and mm. also uh, murders tied to groups or cults. So like cult killings not included. These okay. are all individual act- actors, uh, killers. Okay. Donald Harvey was actually going to be my guess, my next guess. Good guess. But yeah, that's why I thought we might be going there. So I wanted to head that off. Cool. Uh, well, let me go with uh, a chalky answer here and go with Ted Bundy. Ted Bundy is number 12. He has a proven oh. victim count wow. of 20. The big two for me that I think most people know about are Bundy and Dahmer. Uh, and I put Gacy in third, but kind of a distant third. This is all based on nothing, just like what I hear and see. But yeah, so it's surprising that those two are not in the top 10. And did you just give us the answer that Gacy's not in the top 10 too? Sorry, I meant Dahmer's not in the top 10. Gacy is in the top 10. Oh, okay. I was going to okay. say Gacy. Yeah, he was my other guest too. Yeah. He is number four. He's up there. Wow, okay. He's got to have 30, right? 33. Mm-hmm. Wow. Gacy's really interesting and if anyone listening to this podcast probably knows at least the basics but he was uh, it was in Illinois between 1972 and 78 known as the killer clown who assaulted and murdered at least 33 young men and boys uh, became the killer clown because he regularly performed in children's hospitals and charitable events as Pogo the clown or Patches the clown personas he had devised we can all agree John Wayne, John Wayne Gacy sucks evil human being but Pogo the clown solid clown name Sorry. Classic. Solid yeah. Clown. Yeah. 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 yeah and it kind of sucks that now cl- no clowns can go by Pogo anymore because like he ruined it. You could. You could, but I would not advise it. I think mm-hmm. I think a couple more years it'll be time. It'll, it won't be too soon. You think so? You think a couple more years John Wayne and Gacy's crimes will be ex- uh, accepted in the in the mainstream? Yeah, I think by 2025. Pogo the clown make a comeback? <laughs> Who knows? You might be right. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. It Pennywise, mm. he was uh, mm-hmm. Pogo the Clown was one of the inspirations for that. Um, mm-hmm. And we were talking about butts a lot earlier. John Wayne Gacy, he got a big butt, big old guy. Um, <laughs> loved his KFC. He owned some of them, but he would typically lure a victim into his home, not with his butt, but with uh, other things. And he would dupe them into donning handcuffs on the pretext of demonstrating a magic trick, and then rape and torture his captive before killing them by asphyx asphyxiation or strangulation with a rope yikes 26 victims buried in the crawl space so it was not a big house i mean you guys have seen the house right yeah it's yeah average size suburban home there's 26 bodies under a crawl space the crawl space what like you had to crouch to even get in there i can't imagine that like just the smell it's just it's amazing he got away with it for as long as he did and he had Wife and kids in the house. It's just yeah. insane. Yeah. We also do benefit off of the uh, crawl space references whenever people are talking about true crime, which leads to Gacy. Someone eventually says the word crawl space, bodies in the crawl space. I mean, we're, that's our show. Yeah. I, like I'm sitting here talking about crawl space and it didn't even like occur to me. Oh, yeah, I'm on crawl space. But yeah, that, <laughs> there you go. We appreciate the plugs. Brilliant. Brilliant podcast name. <laughs> but he was, uh, when he was caught, his conviction of 33 murders was the was at that time the most homicides in U.S. legal history. He sat on death row for a long time, painted a bunch of shit that, you know, goes for a lot of money these days, which is weird, but true. Um, and he was executed by lethal injection in 1994. And did you guys see the show Dahmer on Netflix, the drama series? I haven't seen it. Some of it. There's a scene with Gacy in there. And there's a lot of speculation that the neck, because they're doing season two, and there's a lot of speculation that Gacy will be the subject of season two. So, Tom and Gacy already very infamous, but I think he'll become even more so after that. Were the producers of of Dahmer like disappointed that they only had like 19 families to deal with? How many? Uh, instead of <laughs> yeah, instead of 33. Instead of 33. Yeah. 
Yeah. Like where they like, well, now let's do just a bigger serial killer so that yeah. we can get backlash from even more people. Like, relax. No, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Some Sometimes it's like these guys have been done to death. Yeah. Right? Like, let's go with someone a little, let's bring light to someone a little less known, you know? Uh, but, you know, they'll, they'll go with what sells. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. A guest here, Alan Legere. No. No? Okay. Canadian serial killer. Oh. Not in the top 20. Monster of the Miramichi. Yeah. Why, why isn't, uh, no. And actually, now that I'm looking, you mentioned Canadian. Why isn't Robert Picton on here? Oh, you know what? I think he was only tried for six. I'm remembering that now. Yeah. He, he's suspected of like 40 or something. There's a few on here I'd never heard of. I'm going to go with the Bayou Strangler, Ronald Dominique. Ronald Dominique, where do you think he falls? I'll give it to you. He's number seven. Okay, okay. Ronald Dominique. Now, I'd, I'd like heard, I've heard the name Bayou Strangler, but yeah. I really didn't know much about this guy. Have you guys covered him on the show? No. No. Yeah, this guy's pretty, you know, relatively recent, 97 to 2006. Um, 23 victims. He's the Bayou Strangler. American serial killer and rapist who murdered at least 23 men and boys, all in Louisiana. And despite the number of victims, Dominique's arrest received little publicity outside of the state media. Now, I did not see a reason why, but that's what it said. His victims tended to be teenagers and men aged 16 to 46, most of them gay, most of them African-American. He would often meet them during walks or drives in his pickup truck or gay bars and lure them with offers of alcohol, drugs, housing, or group sex with his fake imaginary girlfriend and we've all been there right <laughs> yes friday night yeah yeah exactly <laughs> after he was finished having his way with his victims he strangled them loading their bodies in the back of his truck and dumping them in remote rural areas but after leaving semen traces on multiple crime scenes police were able to match dna with dominique and here's free advice to any serial killers out there always clean up your semen after any murder and in fact that's actually good advice for anyone not just murderers clean up your semen Clean it up, guys. Uh, the reason yeah. why there was no media on him was because <gasps> Hurricane Katrina happened. Oh, fuck. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, that, there it is. See, there's always reasons for that. It's like the, uh, who's it, Farrah Fawcett thing, right? Michael Jackson dies, and then Farrah Fawcett dies the same day, but no one remembers that. Farrah Fawcett's dead? <laughs> uh, well, in 2006, he was arrested at a homeless shelter. That's the second guy we've talked about that's been arrested at a homeless shelter. And after his arrest, he told police he knew it was a matter of time before he was captured. So he had moved out of his sister's house to the homeless shelter in order to not inconvenience her. What a guy. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. yeah. Considerate. Yeah. Considerate <laughs> serial killer. He was less considerate when he killed 23 innocent men, but considerate here. And he's 59 years old, currently si serving eight life sentences without parole. 59 also started pretty young. Yeah. Well, I guess young. serial killers don't like that's probably not something you do in the twilight of your life. Unless you're the well, how old was a uh, Golden State Killer when he stopped? He was older, wasn't he? Yeah, but he started young. He started young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I right. think most of them, yeah, they're they're active in the in the, their twenties. Yeah. It's not like you retire, you buy a Corvette and you're like, I think I might kill some people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about Wayne Williams? No, 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 no. That's Atlanta, right? Wayne yeah. Williams. Yeah. I, because I believe he's one where he was only tried for like one or two murders. Mm, um, right. The rest was, they couldn't pin on him. Don't you host a true crime podcast full time <laughs> with like hundreds of episodes and years and years of data and history behind you? I thought you guys Strangely would do enough, we haven't covered that many serial killers. I yeah, I know. You're right. 
Um, what about H.H. H. Holmes? Sorry, I skipped you, Lance. Oh, that's okay. Uh, good guess. Really well-known killer, but not in the top. He's not in the top 20. Mm. I think he's like no. around 10 or so. Victims, that is. Shit. What about Earl Nelson from the 20s? Earl Nelson, good guess. I didn't think you guys would get him, but he is number eight. Nice. Yeah. This is the only person with Canadian crimes on the list. I mean, he's an American, but he killed a few people in Canada. This is Canada's only part of this list. The gorilla killer. Canadians are just too friendly. How, how illegal is Google to use during this uh, exercise? Um, really fucking highly illegal. <laughs> oh, okay. Any other dumb questions? I mean... Okay, so you hear that, Lance? <laughs> I'm not... Does it look like I'm Googling? I mean... Yeah, you definitely Googling. I'm not. I definitely did not Google that. I after he's Earl texting Nelson, his imaginary girlfriend. All right, he Wikipedia'd. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> there have been books written on Earl Nelson. He's the Gorilla Man or the Gorilla Killer. The Gorilla Killer. Yeah. Do you know why? I didn't see in my notes why he got that name. I don't know. What does it say on Wikipedia, Lance? I'm not looking at Wikipedia. <laughs> 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 it's strange to think that I have uh, some knowledge on serial killers, but I don't know anything beyond him now. You heard he's related to a primate. That stuck to your brain. Nothing else, though. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you about Earl Nelson, though. Um, he was little known to me. He's 1926-27. Uh, it's only a year. I think that's the shortest span we've covered. 22 known victims. Um, he was a killer, rapist, and necrophile who is considered the first known serial sex murderer of the 20th century. I think Albert Fish was arrested a few years after this. He was born and raised in San Fran by his devoutly Pentecostal grandmother, but he exhibited bizarre behavior as a child, which was compounded by head injuries he sustained in a bicycling accident at age 10. I bring that up because lots of these killers had head injuries at a young age. Um, John Wayne Gacy, I know for a fact, and I'm sure some others too. It's really common. Most of his victims were middle-aged landladies, um, I think, Tim, that, that goes for you too, right? Middle-aged landladies, usually your, your profile. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was a landlady. On Tinder. <laughs> Many of whom he would find through room for rent advertisements. So he would pose as a mild-mannered, charming Christian drifter. And he used the pretext of renting a room in the landlady's boarding house to make contact with them before attacking. Each of his victims were killed via strangulation and many were raped post-mortem. Um, he began numerous rapes and murders in February 26th primarily in the West Coast, but then he moved east, and finally he landed in Canada where he raped and killed a teenage girl in Winnipeg, Manitoba. After committing a second murder in Winnipeg of 27-year-old Emily Patterson, Nelson was arrested by Canadian authorities, convicted of both murders, and sentenced to death. He was hung in Canada. I didn't know they were hanging people in Canada in 1928, but... And he's also the source of inspiration for Alfred Hitchcock's 1943 film Shadow of a Doubt, which I have not seen. So nothing in there screams Gorilla Man to me, but what do I know? <laughs> yeah. All right. How about Henry Lee Lucas? No, because his ass, he's the confession killer, right? So he's the one that, I think they only really thought he killed one or two people, but he claimed to kill like hundreds of them. So it's a good guess, but no. There's two different killers on here known by the same nickname. Oh, okay. And there's actually three killers, one of them not in the top 10. Three killers with the same nickname because they all killed in the same area in the same fashion. They're all unrelated, though. What about Keys, Israel Keys? No, he's uh, he's not in the top 20. Not in the top 20. I think if this was a top 10 list of the biggest douchebag serial killers, yeah. he might be number one. But 
not on here. I just want to clarify what you were saying with the um the nicknames. So their nicknames were based on like the region that they killed in. Less so, more about the uh, place where they found the bodies. Oh, but they all were in the same region, but the region's not in the name. Hmm. Okay, so this isn't the Night Stalker or the original no. Night yeah, Stalker. Okay. No, good guess. Richard Romero is also not in the top 20, although I think he's the scariest. He's the one that always gives me the creeps the most. Yeah. All right, I'm going to tell you the nickname. It's the Freeway Killer. You guys heard this? There's, There were three different killers known as the Freeway Killer because for a long time, authorities thought they were all the same person, but there was actually three different people killing on their own at the same time in California. Shit. Who are they? I got two of them on here. Let's start with number 10, which is William Bonin. He killed from 1965 to 1977, 21 confirmed victims. He became known as the freeway killer or the freeway strangler due to the fact that the majority of his victims' bodies were young men and boys, discovered along numerous freeways in Southern California. So he'd kill them and then dump them. Doesn't seem the smartest, but I guess this was the 60s and 70s. And he shares this name with two other killers, one of which we'll talk about. On at least 12 occasions, he was assisted by one of his four known accomplices. So he did have accomplices. Um, and he was described by the prosecutor at his first trial as the most archevil person who ever existed, which was also what they put under my photo in my high school yearbook. <laughs> he was convicted of 14 of the murders linked to the freeway killer in two separate trials. And he spent 14 years on death row before being killed by lethal injection. And he was the first inmate to die of lethal injection in California. What year was that? 70s? He killed in the 70s. He was executed in 1996. Yeah. So I guess before 96, they'd just like take a big mallet and hit you in the head when they <laughs> wanted to execute you. I don't know. Because <laughs> they weren't hanging people at that time. Still the electric chair? Yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, maybe. Or firing squad, something like that. I don't know. I find firing squad is more humane than electric chair. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, you've seen the Green Mile, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, they all sound awful. <laughs> I think that's that's the the best way that's to describe the point. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, okay. So number nine is the other person known as the freeway killer, and that's Patrick Kearney. He's also known as the trash bag killer. Killed between sixty-two, sorry, the year nineteen sixty-two and the year nineteen seventy-seven. Twenty-one confirmed victims. He would go out for long solitary drives, pick up and kill young male hitchhikers or young men from gay bars. He was not sadistic and did not inflict pain on his victims as the other two freeway killers did. He preferred to kill them quickly and efficiently, kind of like Dahmer. He's a uh, product killer, not a process killer. Uh, while Carney did later confess to having mutilated his victims' bodies out of curiosity, such as cutting open one of their stomachs, he did so after they were dead to not inflict any physical suffering. So, kind of a nice guy, I guess. Yeah. Who 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 wrote that? Who who wrote that uh, information? Like, who who says that a serial killer is not s sadistic? because they kill more of a with a process. I don't have it in front of me where I pulled that from because I pulled from a few places, but I don't know if I would have wrote it that way. <laughs> yeah, right. Although who among us hasn't cut open a body to look at the stomach contents <laughs> once or twice, right? I Cast mean, the first probably stuff. one among us. <laughs> <laughs> where does Kemper fall on the list? He did, did he have many victims? No, he, he had like seven or eight, I think. Okay. Under 10. He's a famous one just because of like interesting guy, but yeah, not on the top 10. So in the top 10, let me do a quick recap. So we have number 10, William Bonin, number nine, Patrick Kearney. Those are the most recent two we talked about, the freeway killers. Then number eight was Earl Nelson, the gorilla killer. Seven was Ronald Dominique, the Bayou Strangler. You're missing six. You're missing five. Four is John Wayne Gacy. You're missing three. Two was Gary Ridgway, the Green River Killer. 
and one is Samuel Little. And of the top 10, I would guess there's only one of these that you might have heard of. You're missing three, five, and six. So three would have to fall between what, like high 20s? Number three has 33. Same as Gacy, but he's suspected of more than Gacy. And he's he's from Mexico. You're not going to guess him. So do you, want me to just, do you want me to just tell you? Yeah. All right. This is Fernando Hernandez Livia. Leva. Leva? L-E-Y-V-A. I never heard of him until today, actually. And he's the only Mexican killer on this list. 33 proven victims, but suspected of up to 137 which I think is the most on the list. Wow. Uh, he was active for 17 years between 1982 and 1999. He was convicted of 33 murders, and he was nicknamed Pancho Lopez. He appeared before TV cameras and confessed to killing more than 100 people. He later retracted the statement, though, and claimed that he had been beaten by the police by an, and his family threatened, that the family threatened by the police in order to, for him to confess. He'd been arrested twice before and escaped from prison both times, kind of like Ted Bundy. In 99, he was finally arrested for the last time. And he, when asked why he did it, he said, I killed them all because I had to do it. I did not know how to do another thing, which... Only new is, murder. Yeah, it's a fucking eerie fucking statement. Last thing I have is he tried to commit suicide in prison, but he failed because he was a fat ass. Also, the other thing I wanted to say is um, he was sentenced to 50 years in prison. The guy's convicted for 33 murders... And he gets 50 years in prison. In America, and I'm not even saying which one's right or wrong, but it's just different. In America, some of these people were convicted of like one or two murders and they're like death penalty, you know? Yep. So right. I don't know. Where do you guys fall on that? <laughs> it seems a little light per yeah. victim, I guess. Less than two years per victim, I suppose, if you look yeah. at it that way. Yeah, it is. When when does that like rehabilitation kick in? If you're letting somebody out, you're letting sure, them out sure. under the assumption that they've been rehabilitated while they've been incarcerated because why would you, you know, why would they be released if they served their time? So after 50 something years, that's when you can you're considered rehabilitated. I feel like that's a bad move. I feel it's a bad move to keep somebody in prison for half a century and then let them out. Uh, I agree. It's like if you're going to keep him for half a century when he I don't know what his age is, but he started killing in 82. So that's that would imply to me that he's going to be a very, very old man if even he could be long dead by the time 50 years is up. So what's the point? Yeah. I'm going to guess that 50 was just the maximum sentence like in Mexican mm -hmm. law. Um, right. Canada's got a did, maximum so. sentence too, right? It's like 25 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Most countries yeah, do. 25. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, at least like developed countries. Uh, most developed countries uh, have a, a maximum. And America says fucking execute him and then bring him back to life and execute him again. Um, so and we'll stand outside. The it seems like there should be a middle cheer. ground there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you just need five and six. Five is definitely a guy that's known. Um, he's not like on okay. the Dahmer level, but he's known. Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's Texas. Can you give us a year ish or not? Not a specific year. Maybe I'll give you a decade. It's seventies. Uh, Leatherface. No, no, that's uh I know you're joking, but the the guy Leatherface is based on Ed Gein, yeah. very famous killer. He's in the 50s, and he only killed like two people. His thing was he would he would rob graves. Right, right. Surprising. Right. You think he's yeah. this notorious serial killer, and then you look into him, and it's like, oh, he really didn't kill he really, many people. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a boring. And he he's one where, like, I would never sympathize with the serial killer, but I feel like Ed Gein was just a truly sick man. Whereas someone like Ted Bundy is a truly evil man. There's a difference. I mean, if you're serial killing, you're sick to a level. I get that. But there's still a difference. And we'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Thanks to our sponsors. And now we're back to the program. Number five, Texas 
Dean Coral, the Candyman. Jeez, I've never heard of that. Probably not. You guys don't know this guy? No, do not know. Oh, about. shame on you. Um, <laughs> he's a super interesting for a lot of reasons, but one in particular I'll get to, but he had 28 proven victims between 1970 and 73. This guy technically should maybe not be on the list because he was part of a group. And I said there were no groups on here, but he was definitely the ringleader and he kind of forced the others into helping him. So I kept him for that. He was an American serial killer and sex offender who abducted, raped, and tortured a minimum of 28 teenage boys and young men in Houston area, Texas. He was known as the Candy Man because he and his family had previously owned a candy factory in Houston Heights, and he had been known to give free candy to local children. Why not? Scary, right? That's that's like where that originates, that idea of like a big white van coming to steal your kids because that's what he would do. He had a big white candy van. He was aided by two teenage accomplices, David Brooks and Elmer Wayne Henley. The crimes, which became known as the Houston Mass Murders, came to light after Henley fatally shot Coral. Coral's victims were typically lured with an offer of a party or a lift to one of the various addresses at which he resided. They would then be restrained and killed by either strangulation or shooting with a 22 caliber pistol. He buried 17 of his victims under a rented boat shed. Now, what sucks about this guy, well, what else sucks about this guy, is he never had to pay for his crimes. He was shot dead in a dispute with one of his cohorts. The teenager, Elmer Wayne Henley, shot him, and that's what brought the crimes to light. In other words... Dean Coral died without ever knowing that he was going to get caught. Surprises me that that doesn't happen more often, considering, mm-hmm. you know, new information that we've received that a lot of serial killers do have some accomplice on some level that the accomplice doesn't kill the other one. Like that, it's surprising you don't hear that more often. I agree. And that's what happened here. Yeah, they, wow. they, he shot him dead at his house. And it was a really incriminating scene because some of this I'm doing from memory. So I might, I have this mostly right at least, but Coral the main guy that was shot, he died naked. And in the house were murdered victims already. So there was like no time to clean anything up before police came. So police like walked into this scene, not knowing what they were getting into. They just responded to a gunshot and you find 28 murder victims and the murderer himself dead and naked in the house. It's like crazy. So Coral's dead and the two accomplices are in prison. And they're still alive? I believe so. Damn. Yeah, and they were teenagers in the 70s. So they'd probably be, you know, I don't know how fucking old that is now. 60-ish. But yeah. Number six is a guy I'd never heard of before. You might not have either, but I'll give you a second. His last name is also the name of a popular beer. Bobby Budweiser. (laughs) There it is. Bobby Budweiser would rape and torture his victims. You got it. That'd be a a nightmare for Budweiser PR, let me tell you. It's just like the coronavirus, right? Yeah, people actually started not, like, stopped drinking corona. Yeah. Corona, you say. Hmm. Corona, interesting. I wonder hmm. if that's like a really strong hint. Well, that's why you put the lime in the Corona to kill the virus. <laughs> corona is the guy is the guy's name. No, that's what I'm trying to get at. Oh, that's what you're trying to say. Oh, Juan Corona I'm, is number six. I'm serious. Never would have got that. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, I never would have. Look up his mugshot. Look up 2018 Juan Corona mugshot. <laughs> Please tell me he's holding a Corona. <laughs> I think he's trying to hold his. He's trying to hold on to the remaining few days of his life. Yeah, he looks uh, looks like he's uh, oh, had whoa. a few hard years. Yeah, he's had a few Coronas in his day, I think. <laughs> he's, been, he's been beaten with a few Coronas. <laughs> Yikes. Which, if only they had beaten him with those Coronas before... Prior to the murders. 1971. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. in 1971, 
this guy's he's number six. He killed 25 people that we know of. Um, on May 19th, 1971, a farm owner who had used Juan Corona to contract field workers noticed a freshly dug hole in his peach orchard, which was filled the next day. In the hole was found the body of a man who had been stabbed and hacked to death. In one grave, deputies found... and So this is another grave. So they started looking into it. They realized it was Juan Corona. And they started digging up these other graves. So get this. In one of the graves, they found two meat receipts with his signature. <laughs> in another two graves, they found two crumpled Bank of America deposit slips with his name and address on them. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't you wow. say in the beginning that serial killers are really smart? <laughs> I don't know if I said that. No, you didn't. You said the opposite. <laughs> I think I did not say that. <laughs> it's amazing, right? Like, he still that got away amazing. with killing 25 people before, like, he's just handed himself over to the police, basically, in this evidence that they found. It's just insane. Mm. Um, and when they got to his house, because they found his address, they went to his house, they found bloodstained knives, a machete, a pistol, and bloodstained clothing. There was also a ledger that contained 30 na- 34 names and dates, including a lot of the known victims. So he he just he was what? the perfect catch for police. They, yeah. they, it's just a slam dunk of a of a trial. I'm I think he assuming. was framed <laughs> by Budweiser. By Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So what uh, this guy would do is he would supply workers to ranches and then he'd kill them. Um, I don't know why. So he served a life sentence and he just died in 2019 at age 85, uh, like a year before that photo was taken that I just showed you guys. Or after, a year after. Why do you think serial killers live so goddamn long when they've been caught? Because, well... The evil uh, permeates through the body. Right, it like it like preserves it, uh, them? Yeah, I think so. I'm surprised that more of them don't end up killed in prison like Dahmer did. Dahmer was murdered by another inmate in prison. Right. Well, aren't they like pretty protected when they're in prison? I think so these days. I mean, I'm not an expert or anything, but I believe that the Dahmer thing might have made people kind of wake up to that because I don't think that really happens anymore. I can't think of another example since Dahmer. Whitey Bulger, but that's not serial exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole other category. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You should have a category that's a top 10 serial killers with double first names. Like who's an example? John Wayne Gacy. John Wayne Gacy, okay. Henry Lee Lucas. They always use the middle name, don't they? Yes. It's so well, obnoxious. Not all Yeah, of them. I think that's a media thing, though. Yeah, I it's think, a media I thing. I think the meat... Yeah, yeah. The I don't Harvey think Oswald. The killer, right. I don't think the killer is going by that. I think the media just finds the entire name and puts that all out there. Well, what was Dahmer's middle name? It just wasn't cool enough for the media? That's a good point. Maybe Let's look at that one. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it was something stupid like Lance or something. That would um, be an awful... <laughs> imagine that. Jeffrey Lance Dahmer. That is not a serial killer. <laughs> It actually flows pretty well. <laughs> it's pretty good. It, Lionel. Lionel? Exactly. Very close. Lionel. Very close. Jeffrey Lionel Dahmer. No, <laughs> that is not. I feel like the I feel like the middle name has to be one syllable. Yes. Well, and I think the first name. I think the reason is because Jeffrey Dahmer is already four syllables and the first name is two syllables. Yeah. Because uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, that's a one syllable first name. John Wayne Gacy. What was the other one you said? Well, Henry Lee Lucas, but Henry Henry, is two syllables, but they're hard syllables. Your butt's a hard syllable. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I mean, you want a butt to be squishy and soft, right? You You don't want a hard butt. I think that's our preference. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I suppose there's someone out there that wants a hard butt, but that person's a serial killer. (laughs) 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 The squishier, the softer, the grabbier, the better. Yeah. Do you want me to recap the list real quick? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, let me recap it. Might as well. uh, <laughs> Let's recap. So, <laughs> number 10, serial killers with the lowest, lo- highest known body count in North America, William Bonin. Number nine, Patrick Kearney. Number eight, Earl Nelson. Number seven, Ronald Dominique. Number six, Juan Corona. Number five, Dean Coral. Number four, John Wayne Gacy. Number three, Fernando Hernandez Leva. Number two, Gary Ridgway. Number one, Samuel Little. And what I often tell my listeners when I do a list like this is because we're talking about 10 people, it's impossible for me to get like two in the weeds on any one of them. We'd be here forever. And I've can only give Tim and Lance so much of my time. So I, I hope this episode helped listeners uh, discover new killers they hadn't heard of before, and now they can go do their own research if they're interested in learning more. So I just wanted to give everyone the broad strokes. If you're interested in learning more, there's a list for you. <laughs> well, Nick Amell, thank you so much for joining us here today. We really appreciate it. The, uh, your time, uh, the comedy, and the, uh, the information. I've Several of those uh, killers I'd never heard of. Maybe we'll have to uh, create some new episodes um, about those. There you go. That's the uh, the good and bad thing about true crime, right? The The good thing is there's unlimited new topics to talk about at all time. And the bad news is there's unlimited new topics to talk about <laughs> all time. But um, yeah, you guys cover it as well as anyone. So really honored to be part of the show today. Hope your listeners didn't get too uh, overwhelmed uh with the butt talk and i hope they will come check out tennis podcast and you guys will be on tennis podcast soon by the way plug tim and lance are coming on my yes. show i don't know the date yet but soon they'll be on tennis podcast and let's so do we'll something do far removed from true wait. crime so we can be total fish out of waters yeah top 10 fish right top 10 fish someday evolve <laughs> to live out of water <laughs> Done. I'm going to start doing my homework, but I do love the way uh, we can have these episodes and talk about these crimes, these serial killers and, and laugh about it because we know like truly we aren't monsters. We don't feel, we don't feel compassion towards these individuals. This is something to, you know, break the seriousness and provide a little levity. So thank you for coming here and giving that to us on this very hot Friday afternoon. 